It's Giants-Eagles down at the link on Saturday night for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. What's up, Big Blue? I'm Brandon London, and this is another playoff episode of the Blue Rush Preview. It's our Giants pre-show and podcast for the New York Post. Can the Giants be road warriors again and head on down to Philly to take over their trap and move on to the NFC Championship game? So in today's episode, we'll go into the locker room. We'll speak with Evan Neal and Jahai Ward, NBC Philly sports analyst. Barrett Brooks is back for a third Know Your Enemy. And of course, we've got our key matchups and predictions. And when I say we, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Longtime Giants beat writer for The Post, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Super Bowl champ Lawrence Tynes. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tynes, it's crazy. First and foremost, what's up, guys? Tynes, in the last couple How days, I've been around Ahmad Bradshaw, Plaxico Burris, Sean O'Hara, Brandon Jacobs. It's playoff times in New York City, baby. How are you guys feeling about uh, this matchup going in uh, yeah. Saturday? Yeah, you know, that's the great thing about winning a Super Bowl in New York. These guys all come back up. People <laughs> will pay you to show up. It's a really good thing. I tell you what, uh, I live a little bit further out, so I don't get to go. One thing I can do, guys, I can assure you, I did not take a bounty out on either one of my co-hosts today. So it's great to see you guys. Uh, No bounties taken out. One was discussed on Schwartz, but I declined. Oh, he declined it, Paul. That means he really likes you. That's right. Uh, I, I don't know how much uh, of the bounty. I don't know how much money you'd have to put up for a bounty to have one of you guys catch me and take me out. That'd be mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, you know, a buck and a half, I think. I think you could do that easily. Um, but look, Lawrence, you turned down 10 million bucks to go kick for the Cowboys. So, you, I did. you know, you don't you don't need any money. You know, you don't you're happy there in Kansas. You got your Super Bowl trophies. You're set. You don't need you don't need the extra cash. I get it. I bleed blue, baby. I would only wear the big blue and white. That's it. Um, that tweet took got a lot of traction. It was one of those innocuous, just send off, you know, just in the moment, and it got a little crazy. You, you would never put on a star, would you, on your head? Uh, yeah, no, million, no, just you know, just for consistency purposes. Hell no, I would oh, never yeah. wear that. Oh, oh, oh. He bleeds so much blue, he's turning down the green. So much, absolutely, I like it. I like it. All right, so everyone's talking, guys. Let's get right into the show. Everyone's talking. The Giants are playing with house money. They're going down there. They're playing this team for the third time. Is there such thing as house money in the second round? 
of the NFL playoffs. Paul, I ask you that. You can start off first. You know, I mean, the easiest thing to say is absolutely not. That's crazy. Now, inside the locker room, that notion, house money, guys laugh, guys smile, guys get ticked off. I mean, it makes no sense. There's no way you walk into the Giants locker room, the facility, which I've been there, you know, all week and hear these guys say, oh, this is great. It's gravy. There's no chance. Now, look, they they they, they are as motivated as the Eagles are. There's no question about it. Maybe more so because they're an underdog and, you know, no one thinks that they can do it. But I've talked to a lot of Giants fans, okay, and people are going to be really into it. And at 8.15 on Saturday night, they're going to be ravenous and and wanting to destroy the Eagles and wanting to go on. But when they take a step back, a lot of fans I've spoken to have said, look, this is beyond our imagination. We were not supposed to be here. And whatever happens in this game, I'm still a believer in this team moving forward. So I think you can have two there. You know, this is not – look, put yourself in Philly. We're doing a Philly podcast, right? If they lose this game, it is a disaster. They were the dominant team in the league. If the Eagles lose this game to the six-seed Giants, who they beat twice, it is a disaster. So it is – is. For the fans, I think they have it in perspective. For the players, there's no perspective. They have to win. How's the money ties? A little bit of it. Like Paul said, some guys will say it. Uh, I mean, I, the majority of them would probably get offended by you saying that, yeah. you know, we're playing with house money. We've earned the right to be here, right? We, we, we've earned it. We should be here. And that's obviously true. But at the end of the day, you know, starting this season, nobody picked this team. Middle of the season, you probably thought, okay, seven and two. You know, Paul said it said it well. Uh, you know, the Bengals are supposed to win this game. They're the number one seed. You know, a little payback, right? 2008, the best team I have ever played on in my life. Uh, we did not win the Super Bowl. We're the one seed. The Eagles came in uh, after a bye week for us and, and beat us. So I really like the fact that the Giants have already played a game. I think I mentioned that on the postgame show. I love momentum in this thing. I love momentum in the tournament. There's a lot of pressure on Philadelphia, and make no mistake about it. There's a ton of pressure on this football team. There's some questions about Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson and some of the injuries they've had. So just go down there and do what you've been doing, Giants. That, I mean, that's all they can do, right? There's there's a little bit of an air of confidence about this team, and there should be because they have the best record in the postseason tied with many other teams that are 1-0. Yeah, I think when people say house money, I think that's just media talk because when you talk about that air of confidence within that locker room, it's almost disrespectful to an athlete, to that player or that team to say, oh, you guys are playing with house money. You're just there. If you're at a poker table or you're in some sort of poker tournament and you've had to play, you've had to play your hands certain ways. You've had to be strategic and methodical. But now you're in the second round of that poker tournament. It's no more house money. You're looking at it like I'm two wins away from the Super Bowl, from the ultimate prize. So even if the Giants lose this game, then you've lost pretty you've lost everything. The season's over in that sense. You can take away things for for morality and you can take away things to to build on when it comes to culture, but absolutely two games, you're sitting two games away and you have a team that the Philadelphia Eagles you haven't won at the link since week 8 of 2013. Eli mm. Manning and Michael Vick were the two quarterbacks at that time. So when people, that, that notion of house money, I think fans and, and the people should get away from that because the players, if you bleed blue, you're in that locker room, Quest Diagnostics Training Center. There's that plug, fellas. There uh, it is. <laughs> if you're in that locker room, you, uh, you, you know, you, you know what's, what's at stake. You know what you're going in for when you go down to Philadelphia on, on Saturday. And you guys are talking about momentum. Where are these two teams momentum-wise, do you think, at this point right now, Tynes? 
Oh, man, like I said, you know, this is the last team the Eagles wanted to play. It really is. Mm. You know, you kind of see, you kind of saw what the Ravens were able to do to the Bengals, right? I mean, not a great offensive outfit, but Tyron Huntley competed. He competed well and played well, and it's a team that's familiar with another team. And look at that game, guys. That was a really close game, Ravens-Bengals, third time around. I think the Giants, and they are playing their best football. They are the healthiest team they've been all season long. That is a scary proposition for the Eagles. Trust me. You know, it, it even had Sirianni ordering stuffed crust Pizza Hut, for God's sakes. This guy's eating Pizza Hut in Philadelphia. Anyway, I mean, that's how nervous that guy is. Who orders Pizza Hut in Philadelphia? Sorry for yelling. Oh, I had a lot of coffee this morning. I, I love I love stuffed crust pizza, but not in Philly, though. Not in Philly. Well, well, here's the thing. I'm not going to disparage Pizza Hut if they will maybe listen to this and be a sponsor or send us some pies. I will not disparage them. But, yeah, I, I think um, Philly cheesesteaks, maybe uh, there's some good Italian places yeah. in Philly. You know, that's he said he had a craving for it. Brian Dable was asked about it, about, you know, and, he, you know, he kind of didn't know what we were talking about. But um, when asked about stuffed crust pizza, he just kind of like patted his belly a little bit and said, take a look at me. Do you think you have to ask me that? You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's. Uh, <laughs> He, you know, once the season ends, he's going to trim down a little bit. He admits yeah, he's gained yeah. some, he's gained some weight during the season. He's, he's, you know, burning the candle from both ends. Um, momentum. Yeah. Look, you guys know, any team that just won a playoff game has momentum. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. So all these, the, the 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 number one seeds, and I think this happens every year. They kind of, you know, usually there's two number one seeds. Right. This year there's only one because there's an extra wild card game. So the number one seeds sit back, and we know that they're the powers. Then the teams play last weekend, and it's like immediacy factor. Man, the Jaguars look good. Man, the Giants look good. You know, whoever won, we kind of think. And the team that's the number one seed that earned the right to not play is kind of sitting back. Now, when you look at momentum, the Giants won a playoff game. So so they have momentum. There's no question about it. And they won it in really good style, especially on offense. The Eagles lost two games in a row down a stretch of the season without their quarterback. They're 13-1 and with Jalen Hurts starting all season. So they lost two games. That hurt their momentum for reasons, you know, mainly with the quarterback. Then they beat the Giants in kind of a lackluster game with the Giants' backup. So um, I talked to someone in, in Minneapolis this past weekend who is very closely tied in with the Eagles, okay? He knows the Eagles as well, I think, as anybody. And he said he thinks they're a very vulnerable team right now. Very vulnerable you know he just doesn't like the vibe now they could come out and Jalen Hurst can be great that's one thing but they definitely do not have the momentum there's no question about it they have the rest and that's important but they do not have the momentum that's funny you say that because the two teams that have the momentum in the playoffs right now are two teams that are playing with quote-unquote house money like you said Jacksonville and the Giants and uh, Bob Papa told a story last night when he was talking about uh, the, the, the culture the makeup of this team, and he said he talked to uh, Brian Dable ahead of the Monday Night Football game against the Cowboys. I understand they lost that game, but Brian Dable told the, uh, he and uh, Carl Banks he was like, "What I told the team before this game is, yeah, we we can't outshine them, we can't out uh, like pizzazz them. They have more playmakers." But we know what we are. Let's take them to the deep end of the pool and see if they can swim. Now, these, this is a team that knows that culture. They know what they are. They know what they have and what they don't have in that locker room. So I see them going down there with that same attitude, that same momentum. Like, let's take them to the deep end 
We can swim that we feel good about that. Let's let's ground and pound. Let's play a grit type game. Let's get them to the fourth quarter and see if they can swim. Keep it within one possession for that game. So I thought it was a really cool uh, story that uh, Bob Papa told just because of the fact that this team knows who they are. And that plays into the momentum uh, that, that, that they have going into this football game. And it's going to be a dogfight. Philly has, they have playmakers. You, you have to understand that going into this game when you're playing against a team like that. They had the number one record in the NFL for, for a long time and, and even have it now. They play, they have got a bunch of playmakers on the <laughs> other side of the ball. You can just tip your hat to them, respect that, know that there are going to be plays made on that side. But at the end of the day, Coach Coughlin used to always say, no and no you know, talking about the play book but no one know your opponent and know and know who you are as a team and your culture so I think this uh, Giants team has great uh, momentum going in they got a guys uh, a lot of guys healthy so Paul I'm gonna ask you that like what's what's the latest on the injury update on both sides because uh, it's looking good for the Giants right now yeah it's looking good it's looking good um, uh, you know I think everyone will play uh, now, the, the main look, uh, uh, um, Dory Jackson is not on the injury report. OK, he came out of the game. Um, he was limited uh, the, on Tuesday. It's with back. OK, well, you know, was that a big issue? No, he played 55 out of the 57 snaps on defense in Minneapolis after not playing for almost two months. So, yeah, I would think he probably had a little bit of an achy back, but he's not on the injury report. So he's good to go. Um, you know, he's a huge addition, obviously. Um, but uh, Aziz Ojolari is the main guy. You know, he's 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 a very pleasant guy. I talked to him for a while at his locker on Wednesday and he said it's sore. He said it was a freak play and Kirk Cousins need him accidentally up in the upper thigh area. So up almost like in the upper thigh hip area is where he it's very sore. Um, he was walking with a little a little giddy up in, in the locker room. He practiced on a limited basis on Wednesday. Um, I expect he will do at least that or more on Thursday. Uh, he said, if if they tell me that I can't hurt it anymore and I can be effective, I'm going to give it a go. That was not exactly like I'm playing no matter what. I would assume he will play, but I think it is not right or fair to assume he's going to play 50 snaps and be a great player. He just, you know, he hasn't played a lot of snaps. He's not 100 percent. So, you know, you're going to have to make do with other guys. But, um, you know, if he can give him 20 quality snaps, that'll be good. But um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's I asked him. Look, do you have to reevaluate what you do? You know, do we, we, you know, your training, your this? He said, you know, it's a lot of freak stuff. He said, he said, you know, people said to me at this in training camp, man, you look good. And, and it was this idea floating around that he gained 10 pounds of muscle. He said, I'm 251. I played at like 249 last year. He said, I'm the same, you know, but so, you know, calves, and, you know, rolled ankles, get kicked in the thigh. I mean, I don't know if you can really prevent those, but um, it's been a rough year for him. There's no question. Yeah, he's definitely. If you can get him for 20 quality snaps on pass rushing downs to get after the quarterback, that'd be great because he has a huge uh, impact on this defense and this pass rush. And uh, if he does, if he's not able to go, that puts a lot of responsibility on Kayvon Thibodeau to have a big game and, and, and show that his impact. But he's been one of, let's say, five, six rookies this year who have had a huge impact on this Giants team, both offensively and defensively. Tynes, I mean, you're, you're, remember a couple weeks ago or a month or two, Jahat Ward, after they had lost a couple games, was like, these guys, they're not rookies anymore. You got to come in, you got to play. What is it about this rookie class where these guys are stepping in now towards the end of the season in pressure situations? These guys are coming out here making plays. Yeah, they are. You know, if you go back to last week, we talked about Flott and Belton in the secondary. 
here you go late in the game, you know, been on the bench all game. They come in, Flop makes a great play. Belton makes a couple plays, a tackle here, there, playing a bunch of different positions. These guys are just well-coached. We've talked about it all season. This team is a well-coached unit uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, th- they've done a great job. These rookies are not not afraid, you know, leading with Kayvon Thibodeau. He's not, he's unafraid. Uh, he's playing off confidence, right? He, he gets to play next to Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams and sometimes Aziz Ojolari, not very much. But I just think the way – they're taking on the personality of their coach. And if you mm. you can't tell underneath that, you know, that, that hat and those sleeves, Wink Martindale is a very, very confident man. He's very confident in himself. Uh, and what he can do and what his defense can do. And his players play like that. So it's been a fun group to watch. They're going to need their best on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, to beat this Eagles outfit because it is a balanced attack. And you're going to need Aziz. I hope I hope Aziz can play. He's a bigger-bodied, stronger man that can – you know, Lane Johnson is coming back this week for the Eagles. You're going to need your best run stoppers. Uh, I get they have A.J. Brown and – Devonte Smith, but I have a lot of faith in McKinney and Adoree and Fabian Moreau, uh, who have done a great job back there. So I, I hope Aziz can go. I think he could be the X factor. Paul, is this one of the better Giants rookie classes in recent years? Um, you know, I'm not willing to say that right now. You know, I mean, look, you guys played in a 2017 where the rookies just completely ascended and and in the playoffs, you know, I wouldn't say dominated, but they they played great. I mean, you know, these guys played great. I still can see Kevin Boss in the what the early in the fourth quarter, just like, holy cow, where's he going? He just keeps running, right? What, 50 <laughs> yards? I mean, just out of nowhere, you know, it, you know, an offense that was doing nothing, it's like Bam, you know, he's still running in my in my head. He's still running out there. Kayvon's been really good, really good. But, you know, I talked to Kayvon the other day and, and you know, he's not going to be the defensive rookie of the year, certainly. You know, Sauce Gardner's going to win that. They had something like this Pepsi light or something, this fan vote. They named six rookies who are on their, you know, nominated list for defensive for, for rookie of the year. And, you know, Aiden Hutchison was on it. Sauce was on it. Um, the uh, the uh, rookie corner from uh, Woolen from uh, Seattle. Those were the three defensive players. And, you know, Kayvon's not on the list. And I asked Kayvon about that. And he said, yeah, it, it was a goal to be defensive rookie of the year. But he said, Kayvon's funny. He says, like, I don't care. And then he kind of pauses and says, OK, I know this is going to be a good line here. He says, when is that ceremony? I said, well, it's coming up. You know, he says, well, whenever that ceremony is, I won't watch it. But I'm pretty sure all those guys are going to be watching us play on Saturday night because he's the only one of the rookies who's still playing. Mm. So, you know, Kayvon gets it. That was good. Um, look, we talk about the rookies. Evan Neal, guys. Evan Neal, you know, if you have to list five players who need to step up and play a big game, Evan Neal is one of the five. And he might not be lower than three. You know what I mean? I mean, he has struggled. You know, he had a knee issue. He came back. He's been up and down. You know, he did not play well against the Eagles the first time. Um he, these guys got 70 sacks. They got four guys with over 10 sacks. Evan Neal needs to play his best game. You know, we know Andrew Thomas is great. And, you know, is Hassan Reddick going to be banging his head with, you know, Andrew Thomas 40 times a game? Or is he going to be going over to the other side and seeing what the big rookie can do? So, you know, Evan Neal needs to hold up. Um, you know, he's had an okay rookie year, and I think he's going to be a good player. But, you know, I don't think anyone, you know, I don't think any one of the three of us will say he's had a great rookie year. You know, it's been a learning experience for him, and the education needs to pick up on uh, Saturday night. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Evan because I got a chance to go into the locker room, talk to Evan and Jahad Ward uh, about not only the game, but Evan's rookie year and the impact of this rookie class on this season. 
All right, it's Giants-Eagles Saturday night, second round of the playoffs. I'm here with offensive tackle Evan Neal. Evan, first and foremost, man, I'm going to talk about this rookie class, man, because my rookie year, 07, you got a lot of rookie contribution. Steve Smith, Ahmad Bradshaw, all of those guys. You're seeing your own rookie class step up on a playoff run and make some plays. Like, Take us through what it's been like for you guys from the day you guys met each other after getting drafted till now, st- heading into a second round playoff against the Eagles. Yeah, from day one, it's all just been a learning experience, and I feel feel like as a group we've just been growing and growing and getting better as the years go by not as the years but as the season goes by and I feel like we've been able to make uh, good contributions for the team so you know, we want to continue to do that. With this type of season you guys are, are having it feels like some years have gone by I mean you've been through a lot of adversity you yourself like what are you learning about yourself throughout this NFL football season? Uh, the thing that I learned about myself the most is uh, just having the ability to adjust on the fly you know because uh, unex- things may happen unexpected like the, um, the MCL happened um, I had to adjust. I had to get back and shake back midseason and uh, continue to play at a high level. So uh, let's say that. It's been like a one step at a time, 1% better each day type mentality, not only for you, but the Giants offensive line in general. Heading into this Eagles game against this front seven, everyone's talking about it. This time around, how do you guys control the line of scrimmage and how do you neutralize this Eagles pass rush? By executing and doing our job. Um, we've seen those guys twice already. I uh, got a good, pretty good feel of how they play. It's going to be a dog fight. I mean, obviously, you know, they're a talented front seven. I mean, that goes without being said, but uh, coming to play the way we know how to play, you know, we're going to see what happens. You talk about this dog fight. You got Brandon Graham, uh, Hassan Riddick. What is a skill set these two bring to their defense and why are they so deadly when it comes to pass rushing? Yeah, well, Graham just brings a lot of experience. Um, 13-year guy, you know, he brings a whole lot of experience to their group. Uh, he's more of a power rusher. And Hassan, you know, he's finesse, he's speed. You know, he's going to use his quickness, use his hands, try to get around you. You know, he's a real slippery guy. You're been the guy that's been around to be around quarterback Daniel Jones. You've seen uh, his not only contribution he's given to this team, but just how he's evolved throughout the season. What's it been like being around DJ? Awesome, bro. Like just to see his growth throughout the year, it's almost as if he's a different quarterback now. He's so much more confident in his legs and just getting the ball out and just making really good, smart decisions on time. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of him and uh, the way he's progressed. Hey, good luck on Saturday. Thank you. We're with one of the Giants leaders, both not only on the field, but vocally as well. Jahai Ward, I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago, you talked about how there ain't no rookies on this team no more. The rookies have been making plays for this team in some big moments. Can you talk about what you've seen uh, from this rookie class with their growth and uh, the contribution that they're making? Well, I just feel like they're doing a hell of a job and stuff like that. Uh, we can't thank them enough. Um, they're actually learning the, the process. You know, back in the day when I first got here, you know, as a rookie, everything comes fast. So. Yep. You know what I mean? They get it now. I'm, start, I'm thinking they get it now. So uh, with Kayvon and the rest of the guys out there, and everything is moving real slow with them, so they get to play faster. So it was just a good good process, to be honest with you. Um, they get it now, I think. I think they get it. When you talk about this process, well, like, what more can you tell them now with what they're about to face? Not only second round um, of the playoffs, but you're going back up against the Eagles defense. In the playoffs, things happen faster. So what's your message to these guys going into Saturday? Give it your all um, one play at a time. And, uh, shoot, it's going to be times where adversity going to hit in the middle of the game. So we just got to keep fighting. This team has gone through adversity throughout the season. I mean, a lot of people, are, it's cliche to say, oh, that has prepared you for the moment. The mindset for this team, are, it has that adversity throughout the season prepared you for what's going to go down on Saturday? Yeah, you're going to have ups and downs wherever, whatever game it is. So you just got to keep grinding. Um, it's not about when you fall. It's about when you fall and get back up. And um, 
we've been here before, so that's all I got to say. You got a smile on your face. You look like you're ready to go Saturday. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I, I can't wait to, you know what I mean, game time, not even just the Eagles or whatever teams and stuff like that. I just like to compete, so it's just like it's a good feeling. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you, brother. We all ride for each other and play for each other. I understand that it's no I, it's we. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Paul, you called it and he acknowledged it. He knows he has to have a positive impact on this game Saturday night. But one thing about this kid is his mind, his head is in the right place. He's always trying to get 1% better each day. So uh, shout out to him. But let's get into our key matchups of this game. This, of course, this game has a lot of them. Uh, what are you guys' key matchups for this game Saturday, Times? I'll start with you. Your number one key matchup. Listen, they're going to keep saying it until they fix it. Uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson tore us up. Dallas Goddard comes back. I don't think this first team unit obviously saw him in that game in the middle of the season uh, or towards the end of the season. Obviously, they didn't play against him in week 18, but he's going to be a big challenge for them. That again can open up some of the things on the outside. But I think they're going to have to somehow clamp down on him. A tight end is a quarterback's best friend. We know Jalen Hurts is still injured. I know that. I, I can feel that. I can sense that just in his words and how they're talking this week. This is going to be an end-of-the-season, off-season type of uh, healing process. And I, he's going to have to play injured, and he's a tough dude. So uh, I think they get the ball out quick, tight end, run the ball, uh, and they were able to run the ball. But I'm looking at Dallas Goddard, guys. He's, he's a dynamic tight end, um, and the Giants have really struggled against tight ends uh, this season. Yeah, when you talk about a Philadelphia offense, when you talk about receiver-wise, Brown and Smith combined for 183 catches, 2,692 mm. yards, and 18 touchdowns. If you try and uh, have a safety over the top of both of those guys too much, that's going to leave that middle of the field wide open. And like you said, TJ Hawkinson had success. Dallas Goddard is, in my opinion, just as good as a TJ Hawkinson and, uh, and can hurt you. Uh, Paul, what, what, what would be your key matchup going into this game? Well, individual matchup to me is the price of admission. Um, Dexter Lawrence and Jason Kelsey. Oof. One guy's 25, Dexter Lawrence. One guy's 35. You know, it's funny. Um, Dexter Lawrence said to him, he called him, um, um, he said, um, he called him, yeah, he's he's a he's, he's a the little guy. You know, he's a really, um, he, he's a tough little guy or something like that because Kelsey's like 282. He is little for, for, for little. That's crazy. He is little for a, for a center. Um, look, Dexter's been great. He's, he's, you know, I think Dexter and Andrew Thomas are their best players. And um, I think Dexter, you know, Andrew Thomas is great because of what he doesn't do, right? Nothing happens around him. He just blocks guys and they can't oh. get to the quarterback. Dexter creates mayhem, you know, and, um, um, you know, what he did to Quentin Nelson against the Colts is still 
you know, that's still unbelievable. He he almost did that last week in, in the game against the Vikings late in the game. He kind of, you know, he had that rough in the passer penalty. And, and, and Wink Martindale said, you know, I didn't agree with that. But he said, you know what, it wasn't that bad because it made Dex rush harder. Um, that is a great matchup. I mean, Kelsey is is uh, probably going to be a Hall of Famer. He knows every trick in the book. Um, you know, I think there are times Dexter will overpower him. But um, there are times where, you know, I think Dexter looked like he'll be spinning his wheels because Kelsey is, is just so tough. And and Dexter also said those guards do a good job of helping. Um, yeah. It's important because, look, they have to with line of scrimmage. You talked about the receivers. You know, those are big play guys. But 253 rushing yards in, in the game, Oof. you know, earlier this season. Yeah. It's hurts. It's, you know, you know, Miles Sanders had pretty much – the same season as Saquon Barkley. We talk a lot about yeah. Saquon Barkley. Miles Sanders' numbers were almost identical, and he had more rushing touchdowns. So if, if you can't stop the run, and and you know they do the options, you know now maybe Jalen Hurts won't run quite as much. Um, I don't know with that shoulder, but um, if they can't stop the run, they have no chance to win. I mean, not even stop it. They just have to deal with it. You know, deal with it and make them snap another down and not you yeah. know let it be a free for all out there. Yeah, they do so much with that RPO. And then when you talk about the RPO, it's different from a Kirk Cousins running the RPO than it is a Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Kirk Cousins was just—he's—you got to give it up. He ain't running past nobody. I'm—I'm I'm faster than Kirk Cousins right now, I think. But when you talk about Jalen Hurts coming back and adding another dimension, the run part of that—I mean, the first game, uh, Week 14, the first half of the game, they're RPOing that he was giving it up. The second half, he was taking it on his on himself, and they were running design runs. Now, his health is obviously going to dictate how much he runs this game. But if you looked at it from what that that debacle of a game Gardner Minshew had against the Saints, Gardner Minshew didn't add that running uh, threat to that RPO game. So I'm interested to see how Wink Martindale attacks this RPO. Do you blitz it or, or do you just do, do you put it on your defensive line to get pressure on the other side of the football? And then you talk about the passing aspect of it. When you're blitzing like that, there are little holes on that. And you saw in the first drive of the Vikings games, hitting Justin Jefferson, quick little five-yard out route, hitting Justin Jefferson, quick little slant here. Those are runs. Because you put yourself into a second and four, second and three type situation. And that favors the Philadelphia uh, offense. So when you're talking about the, the, the RPO game, that's something that the Giants, I'm hoping, have figured out. And when you fast forward to the last, the week 18 game, Wink Martindale had free blitzers against that Eagles offensive line. Guys were coming untouched against uh, against Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offensive line. So I'm thinking, was that just something when you're just playing with house money at that time? Was, was he using those blitzes to confuse or to see how they're going to try and adjust against that? I think that was Wink playing a, a, another, a chess game, that Week 18 game, going and now going into this game. He has more tape. He has more to see on how he can attack uh, that that Eagles, uh, that Eagles not only protection but the but the run their run game their run protection as well. Times you got any, any more uh, any more matchups for? Yeah, us? I, I I just like Wink here again, guys. I talked about it when they played the Vikings twice in a month. This is now three times in a month against the mm. same quarterback. And Jalen Hurts is hurt. I don't care what anybody says. His shoulders banged up. He's going to be protecting it. And you know he's not the greatest passer. I don't care. I mean, he he throws when, when they're running the ball real well. He's good. I don't think he's an elite passer of the football. He's got really good wideouts. Uh, I would make him make you know contested tight window throws uh, and and see what he can do. But you know he looked 
pretty bad against the Giants in week 18, in my opinion. He looked sore. So did he just automatically heal in two weeks? Maybe. Uh, you know, there's reports of Sirianni saying uh, he was it hurt like hell, quote unquote, uh, post game, something like that. I just don't know that two weeks fixes that. Maybe it does. It may, maybe it feels better. Uh, but when Dexter Lawrence or Aziz Ajilari or Leonard Williams lands on top of you uh, at some point in the game, uh, it's not going to feel good. So, yeah, I, I like Wink here to, uh, you know, cause some confusion, like you mentioned. Maybe he did do some things in Week 18. To- yeah, how do you know a guy is rusty? By sending pressure at him. It, he was a t- Jalen Hurts was different Week 14 to Week 18, just like like you said in terms Way different. of location with the football. Because of Week 14, he was back there, seven, it was 7-on-7. Seven seven. He was yep. holding on to the ball, being able, and he was, you know, healthy at that time. He was able to deliver a, a ball without any pass rush or impact uh, in his face. And then you fast forward to Week 18. Really want to see uh, what, how healthy he is, and how he handles this pressure. What about the Giants' run game? We haven't even talked about. It. It's like Saquon is. I, I'm, it's crazy. We're talking playoffs, and we haven't even talked about uh, Saquon. How does the Giants get a run game going? Because they're going to have to run the football against this Eagles front seven. Your Mike Kafka, Paul. How are you gonna? How are you gonna generate and get Saquon in some space? I would say call about twenty Statue of Liberty plays. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, you know, I asked Kafka about that play. You know, I think a Dable said they call it Lady Liberty, you know, and, you know, you know, you remember the one where Daniel fakes the throw and yeah, then yeah. left hand behind his back to a breeder for three yards. You know, um, I asked um, um, Kafka about that on Wednesday and he said, yeah, I wish it would have went for more, but it looks sweet. You know, that, that it, it, tell me that's not an offensive mind, man. He said, it, it looks sweet. He said, Paul, you, you know, what's funny. You know, what's really funny, Paul is uh, these big, cool NFL players that have done so many cool things in their life and plays like that get you so giddy at practice. It's, I don't know why Brandon, I don't know how we can explain it, but like, here we are pro football players and just the littlest thing like that. Oh yeah. You're like, Oh yeah. Are we going to run that play? And even if it yeah. works, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, NFL players are weird, and it's just it's just funny that look, something that look, little look. gets the team it's, excited, especially when you get to said, throw the football. Yeah, as someone yeah, who doesn't get to throw it. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, you know, Kafka said he said, "Man, the players love that stuff." He said, "You know, you know, the media has yeah. like a fifteen minute window when we watch practice. You know, so if Kafka was, you know, Kafka's he's got his playoff beard. He's got three teams interested in him to be a head coach. You know, he's he showed a little bit of uh, a little more personality the other day. And he said, "Yeah, mm. once the media, once they said media, you got to go in." He said, "We started working on that play. You know what I mean?" He said, yeah. "The players love it. You know, and I think that's that's a reward. You know, and and it's also a trust, right? Yeah, that's a ball handling thing. You know, yeah. um, but look, Saquon." said we talked about the running game saquon said look we've our identity has changed you know and it has you know remember when he was getting the ball 25 times a game and they were running and running and running he was getting bigger numbers his numbers have gone down um they're throwing the ball more you know isaiah hodgins was not a guy we were talking about the first half of the season so um i don't think you should go out and expect the giants can go back to that ground and pound and they gotta you know you know establish the run game and they got to control it. Um, that's not what this team is right now. Now they they can morph and change, but I think they want to throw the ball. Now you got a team that had 70 sacks this year. And so the last time I checked, when you run the ball, you can't get a sack, right? You can't give up a sack when you run the ball. You can give up a four yard loss, but you can't give up a sack. So that's the, 
that's the push and pull that, that has to happen here on offense. You know, they want to throw the ball. Now, look, and another thing is, it is, you know, you guys know, you guys go from one week to the next week and you feel like a king one week, right? Well, man, we can do everything. Look, the Vikings defense is bad. That's a bad defense. You know, they are inviting you to throw the ball. And the Eagles are better. You know, you know, James Bradbury and Darius Slay are better than anything that, you know, the, that the Vikings had out there. No disrespect to Patrick Peterson. Those guys are better right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, is Isaiah Hodgins going to run free against Darius Slay? I don't know about that. So, you know, that's why you got a six seed against a one seed. There's not a lot of things you can just put on paper and say, we can do this and we'll be fine. It's it's hard. But, you know, the Eagles run defense is middle of the pack. OK, and their pass defense is number one. So you want to think you can throw at them all day. You know, good luck with that. But when it comes to Saquon. One thing, like, I'm glad you mentioned it about how his carries have kind of gone down and the identity of this offense has uh, kind of morphed because when you go back to the Cowboys game, when they beat the Eagles, Tony Pollard had six catches for 61 yards. They didn't have a 100-yard rusher. I don't think he or Zeke got over 65 yards rushing on the ground. Being able to get your your your, your money, getting able to get your, your explosive guys in space, I think we should take a look on that and, uh, and, and see how Kafka uses these guys and you mentioned how Kafka's showing personality now. I talked to Richie James in the locker room, and I'm like, what's that with Kafka? He gives coaches talk when he goes to the podium. He was like, what? He's like, no, that dude, he's funny, man. Like, that dude has personality. So, hey, it's, hey, it's, it's, hey if you're getting some head coaching uh, calls, then I guess you got to show the personality uh, uh, from, from, from time to time. But, Times, I want to ask you, because you talked about the, the Dallas Goddard and how he could uh, hurt the Giants. How do you feel about the Giants' secondary matching up against these Philly receivers? Because Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown had themselves a day week 14, but X and and Adoree Jackson didn't play. You saw what they did against Justin Jefferson. What are you feeling uh, for this Giants' secondary heading into this uh, matchup against the, the Philly receivers? Yeah, I think you you just covered it. I mean, look what look at the first game against the Vikings, and look at the second game with with Xavier and Adori. You say you can say the same thing about this one. Now you've got two animals, right? I think people are underselling Thielen and KJ Osborne. I mean, they're good players, really. Two, they're two skill sets to put together. You know, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown. Yeah, they're two elite receivers, but this this what the secondary was able to do against the Vikings. Kirk Cousins played a phenomenal game. If you go back and look at the numbers. It was one of Kirk Cousins' best games of the season. Really? And Kirk Cousins is a far – yeah, statistically, I mean, he was almost 80%. Wow. Uh, about 13% completion percentage over expected, so he made a lot of really good throws. Uh, obviously, we kept him out of the end zone. We limited what Jefferson did, but uh, quarterback rating of like 110, 112, something like that. Kirk Cousins had a fabulous game. Kirk Cousins is a far superior thrower than Jalen Hurts. Um, I like our secondary. Again, it's going to matter about what they do up front again. If they can get this, this this offensive line of the Eagles is fantastic. I mean, they're literally – you could have sent all five players to the Pro Bowl. You really could have. Uh, Lane Johnson's probably the best right tackle in football. Myletta is like three times the size of Kayvon Thibodeau. Like he's three times wider, uh, the big Hawaiian guy over there. Um, and then Jason Kelsey and the two guards. So uh, I like those matchups inside better than I do on the outside. And I could see them attacking our outside guys because that's where they like to run the ball with Hurts and Miles Sanders. Who, By the way, Paul, you said it. He does not get talked about enough. Miles Sanders, to me, is one of the best backs in the game. I love his game. I love his shiftiness. He's kind of like a Pollard. Uh, he was Saquon's backup at Penn State. But 
Uh, getting long-winded here, Brandon. Yes, I like our secondary for sure, depending on how the D-line rushes up front. Against, when you, when you talk about Miles Sanders, uh, we, could he go to another system and still rush for over 1,100 yards? Is he a system running back? Or is he? I think they all are, right? Aren't they all system running backs? Okay. I mean, all right, all right. I, I like him. I don't know. There's something about him, his burst or suddenness. I just, Miles Sanders is one of my favorite favorite running backs. I should say players. Uh, yeah, sorry. So, Paul, anything to add on before we move on? Well, yeah, look, you guys mentioned it as far as, look, the first game, Leonard Williams did not play. Xavier McKinney did not play. Adoree Jackson didn't play. That's a lot of firepower on defense, right? And and because of the, you know, uh, Xavier McKinney being out a long time and, and Adoree Jackson being out a long time, that was not good. And the Giants swooned, right? You know, they didn't win a lot of games. But guys like McLeod and Moreau, um, you know, Darnay Holmes, those guys now are ready. Are they as good players as the guys I just mentioned? No, but they're ready. Um, if you put them out there, they can play. Uh, you know, there's some familiarity here. Um, uh, Adoree Jackson played with A.J. Brown in uh, Tennessee, and Xavier McKinney and Devonta Smith were in the same class at Alabama. So these guys all know each other. You know, McKinney said he just spoke with uh, Devonta Smith the other day. You know, um, now did you guys see um, um, Steve Serby, my colleague in the post, we had a, ba- a back page story on Thursday. You know, McKinney on Instagram put out his um, um, X-ray or MRI of his fingers, mm. you know, just to show, you know, those fractures. And, and Steve Serby got him to talk about it for the first time. I mean, those were serious fractures in those fingers. You know, he said the doctors were concerned about putting all the pieces back together. You know, there was a lot of stuff in there to put back together. Um, you know, he said, you know, this is an injury that that, you know, should have taken months. You know, he was kind of saying mm. how you know much he, he needed to come back, and he did come back. Look, he's fine. You know what I mean? I think he's fine. Um, you know, he still got that little that little. He kind of has that little funny way he holds his hand, and he does have to wrap <laughs> it up. But I haven't seen him. You know, mm. lose a tackle or anything like that. You know, he wrapped up Hawkinson nicely on that last play. Um, if the ball comes to him, you know, in the left hand, can he grab it with one hand and intercept it? We'll see about that. But last time I checked, his ankles and his knees and his hips are fine. Um, his speed is fine. And um, he, you know, his speed against his team makes a huge difference this time around. Huge. Hey, Paul, Paul, you cannot bring up secondary talk without talking about Cordell Flott. OK, if you're going to bring up secondary <laughs> players, you didn't even mention my guy Flott. Oh, okay? I mentioned Flott. him in my report card. Three snaps. I get a Flott and- jersey, actually. Three like snaps him. and one of them was huge, right? Three snaps and one yeah, of them it was. was huge. Yeah. But you just dismiss him like he did nothing. That's all right. Do you follow him on Instagram times? Uh, no, I don't. I'm not a big Instagram. I don't oh, like okay, Instagram. Okay, okay. okay. Right. I, I'm on it, obviously, but I, I don't know. Hey, I want to say yeah. that in, in, in I have to do like four or five mock drafts, right? I do a mock draft simulator. And in a couple of them, I had Cordell Flott going to the Giants. Okay. Oh, so that's my claim. You did. Care. Of course. Mm. Yeah, I did. Of course, Brian Costello mm. from the Jets one week had him going to the Jets. So now we always joke about the Giants got Flott and not the Jets. Look, he talked about skinny guys. Like, you know, he's a skinny guy. You know, in the locker room, he looks like a kid. So, you know, he comes back next summer and looks a little bigger, a little a little tough. For, um, he does have coverage skills. There's no question about it. Yeah, yeah he's one of these. That's rookies, all you need, baby. One of these rookies who's made a, a huge impact uh, on the field. And Paul, you mentioned some of the guys at the X and the Dory, the guys that they're getting back 
for this third game against the Eagles. It's almost times, it's almost like it's the first time we're seeing ones on ones or good on good when it comes to Giants and Eagles. And we have a strong idea on what needs to be done for the Giants to win. But let's talk to Barrett Brooks of NBC Sports Philly for this week's Know Your Enemy. I expect it to be a hostile environment. This is playoffs. I mean, this this that's how it's going to be. Um, you know how Philly fans are, and you know, growing up in Pennsylvania, obviously I was a Philly fan growing up. Had a lot of Philly fans. I know how passionate they are, so um, it's going to be fun. For this week's divisional playoff round, know your enemy. We're going to bring back NBC Sports Philly analyst Barrett Brooks because even though the Giants and Eagles have played each other twice this season, do these teams really know each other? Bert, welcome back, my man. I mean, the first time the Giants had everybody hurt. Second time they set everybody, so they didn't get hurt. Uh, what's the vibes like down in Philly? You guys got Meek Mills at practice? Like, what's, what's the vibes down there? <laughs> well, you know what? I, to tell you the truth, the vibe is here getting back down to basics, you know, doing what they do best, and that's going on playing fundamentally sound football. Man, you're right, you know. I mean, it's been crazy. This season's been crazy. And look at how they're approaching this game. The first game, we were healthy. We turned back around. The next game, you guys, you know, rested everybody. Now we're going into this situation. Now we're both healthy. Mm-hmm. Team, you know, this your team is rocking and rolling. They beat up on a Minnesota team that, you know, like it or not, had a great record, had a great season. So, you know, they see what they're facing. They understand that this team is a very viable team to go deep into the playoffs. So they got to make sure they cross their T's, dot their I's, and go on and play fundamental football, football they know, because this is the health that they've been since midseason. Well, the RPO game is part of their fundamentals on offense. Jalen Hurts is back. He runs that RPO down to the T. Uh, so how do you see Jalen and the Eagles offense, or how do they hurt the Giants defense with the RPO game? Well, that's it. You know, we know Week Markdale is one of those guys who loves the blitz. He loves to send pressure with a six-man or five-man pressure. He's going to make sure that we have one or two more than the offense can block. And what that does for Jalen, it makes him read on his feet. See, one of the biggest characteristics that Jalen Hurts has is his ability to read defenses. Now, you saw the last game these guys played, even though it was against your, your two and threes. He was able to pick the blitz up because he recognized and was fundamentally sound and re- knowing where the ball's supposed to go and how it's supposed to get there. Well, this time he's going to bring the running game to it. He didn't do that in the first, in the, I mean, the second game because, like you said, they wanted to get out unscathed. They wanted to make sure he was got, getting the rust off of them. But what it does, it makes that defense be assignment correct. It makes sure that you, uh, you're fundamentally sound in your gaps and make sure you're fundamentally sound in your reads. You can't look past what he can do. So you got to make sure you defend all 11 players. When you play against, you know, statues, quarterbacks that just sit back in the pocket, you're not really worried about them running. But with Jalen Hurts, you got to go out there and defend all 11 people. So when you do that, you got to make sure if you got the quarterback, you get the quarterback. You got the running back, you get the running back. And if you have, you know, those receivers, you know, with the passing portion of the RPO, you got to cover them. But you, hey, you guys are healthy. You know, you got a Dory Jackson back. Love is playing at a high level. I mean, you guys are looking pretty good, man. All right. Well, you know, what, what, let the run game, Pats uh, sets up the pass game. Which Eagles wide receiver or even the tight end is due for a big game? You mentioned Dory Jackson, those guy, guys back. Like who or which Eagles tight end or receiver has to have a big game this week? Well, you know, the past, well, the first time we played the Giants, we didn't have uh, Dallas Goddard. And he was an integral part of the offense the entire year. Dallas Goddard is a weapon uh, roaming in the middle of that defense. You know, and with the amount of blitzes that you guys have, that means you got Jalen Smith covering a guy like, you know, uh, uh, Dallas Goddard. Because Grant Kekatera played 
kind of well against you guys. I think he's going to be into the game plan, but I'll tell you what, Dallas Goddard will be a guy. Well, how do you cover him? You know, how do you make, you know, a guy like Jalen, uh, Jalen Smith cover a guy that's a much better athlete than he is, can run, can block, do a lot of things. So I think he's going to have a huge day, um, you know, will performing against this defense because you send the blitz so much and then you have to cover. So I could see, you know, him having a great game, but you know, when you have guys like Smith and Brown on the outside, you know, those guys are thousand yard receivers and they can both play at a high level. Yeah, Dallas Goddard is watching uh, the Vikings tape and watching the games that TJ Hawkinson had against his Giants defense. And he looks like he could be ready to eat as well. But let's let's Riverside it because talk about this Giants offense. First couple times they played, the Giants offense was was not existent against this Eagles defense, but they've been pretty hot. So which unit on the Eagles defense has to have a big game to neutralize DJ and this Giants O? Well, you know what? Kazir White, you know, the Will linebacker, he has to have a not a good game, but a great game. Number one, he's going to have to cover, for the most part, Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. Is he athletic enough? I mean, he started out being a safety, got some size to him, can run. So he'll probably be the matchup. But, you know, just like you said, um, Dable has found a way to harness what, you know, DJ is. Daniel Jones is an athlete. You know, he's been clocking over 21 miles an hour on the field. You know, so it's not like he's a guy that you can just let him roam around. And he's definitely harnessed that ability. You see how they played against Minnesota and how he was able to go out there and really make them pay, especially towards the end of the game, with using his feet, running out there and great plays out there. So, I mean, you got to cover both. You got to make sure that you account for him in the number count and account for Saquon. So I think Kazir White has to have a great game because they might spy Daniel Jones at times with Kazir White, but definitely trying to uh, make sure that they, if they do go man-to-man, Kazir White is on him and he can have a great game against him. Daniel Jones and Saquon are the obvious superstars on this Giants offense, but there's, is there a sleeper on this Giants oh, that could put up some real numbers if he's not held in check on uh, Saturday night? What's his name, Slayton? I mean, we talking about Slayton and then Hodgkins. I mean, Hodgkins, he's, he's come out of, from out of nowhere. A big receiver, can run. Uh, he's showing that he can he can go out there and, and Debo smaller cornerbacks. You know, he's somebody they have to count for. They didn't have to do it before. You thought it was going to be Kenny Galladay. He's, you know, he hasn't done much, but he did show some some passion this last game. But when you got, you know, Hodgkins playing the level he is and Slayton, there is Slayton has been his guy, his go-to the entire season. I see him as a guy that, you know, They have some fundamental um, connectedness together. Those two play well together. They know each other very, very well. So Jones to Slayton is definitely a viable, um, uh, you know, play which you can, you know, open, stretch the field. But then Hoskins just stepped into his own. And if you let him just get an inch of, 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 you know, real estate over you, he's going to go out there and make the tough catch. This guy's playing for a contract. He's been a roamer. He's been, you know, you know, going from team to team, but this is a place he found here as a home. He could definitely be a viable uh, weapon for that offense. Yeah, Slayton and Hodgins, 83 catches, a little over 1,100 yards and six touchdowns on the year. But that's the back half where they really have gotten going, especially in the playoff. Bear Brooks, it's our third and last time for the year. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for uh, joining Know Your Enemy once again, my man, and uh, good, good luck on Saturday. Appreciate it. Good luck to you also, man. It'll be a great game on Saturday. Hey, thanks for that, Barrett. And in the round of solid times, start your final thoughts and uh, extra point. Yeah, so uh, like I said, I think this game is close. I think it's somewhat low scoring. I think we know everyone's red zone packages, things like that. So maybe some field goals. I think this is going to be a big Jake Elliott, uh, Graham Gano game. 
You know, oddly enough, both these guys have kicked 60 yarders to beat the Giants. Both Graham Gano and Jake Elliott have beaten the Giants with 60 plus yard field goals, uh, even though Graham kicks for us now. What do you say about this team? Um, The house money story that, you know, they shouldn't be there, the this, the that. The Giants are are hearing that, they're seeing that. Uh, I think that motivates them some. I love that it's just business as usual. It does seem like that when you talk to Dable and you hear Dable talk and you hear the players talk. They're a very confident team, and they know this opponent. And I know you can go back to week whatever it was where they got their doors blown off, and they really did. But I think something clicked in week 18, even though the starters weren't on the field. Maybe with the OC, the DC, they saw some things. All the pressure's on Philly here, guys. It really is. It really is all on them. The home crowd's going to be a little bit nervous. The players are going to be nervous. And I think the Giants come out here, guys, and I think they – they get this done. I, I, I'm not. This is not hyperbole. I think they're playing great. I'm not disman, dis, dismissing what the Eagles have done all year. They're a really, really good team. They really are, and they could obviously win this game as well. I'm gonna take the Giants 24-20. A lot of back and forth. I think some field goals here, uh, but this team is playing really well, and I like that. I like momentum in the playoffs over records. Yeah, they got some huge momentum going into this playoff. They know who they are. And this is the first time we get to see ones-on-ones good-on-good with these two teams. Anything can happen, and it's playoffs. I see the Giants taking this one. I don't really have a score, but I see them winning off of, uh, again, a late field goal to win it. And Mm. defense steps up and makes a stop somewhere on that final drive for Philly for them to go ahead and win it. Defense has been playing lights out all year. I got the Giants taking this one, and you you just keep the the culture train rolling on this one. Paul, close us out. Got some blue-colored glasses here, which is fine. I get it. It's called the Blue Rush Podcast. Look, the Eagles are the better team. The Eagles were the best team in football, um, you know, 14 games into the season. They had some injuries. Now, Lawrence, you mentioned quickly the 2008 team was the best team you ever played on. Um, it was the best team I ever covered. You guys destroyed people, right? 10-1, Plaxico got hurt. You won a game 11-1. and one. And then that's when you peaked. Plaxico left, and it all went downhill from there. Is there any correlation between that and the Eagles? They were 13-1, and clearly the best team. Uh, Jalen Hurts got hurt, and they kind of have gone downhill. Can they, you know, have they peaked too soon? I don't know. Um, that's the only way I think the Giants can win, if the Eagles are not what they were. If the Eagles are what they were, they're a better team in a lot of areas, too many areas, I think, for the Giants to yeah. overcome. But maybe they did peak too soon. We'll see. And are the Giants peaking now? Uh, they very well might be, but it's a tall order to beat this team. Um, I don't think the Giants do it. I think they play a, a decent game. I think oh. they make the Eagles sweat, but I think um, at the end, the Eagles are kneeling on the ball and they win. Um, maybe something like, uh, you know, 27, uh, 20, uh, 28, 20, 30 to uh, 21, something like that. You know, I, I don't think it goes down to the wire. Mm. Well, who'd you uh, pick, Paul? The Eagles. Oh, you did. Nice. Oh. Nice. He said we were wearing blue glasses. With with 17 different score choices, too, uh, by the way. Uh, and, and maybe the Giants. Pick a score. So, what, you want me to <laughs> pick like, one score? Maybe. Okay. Uh, 31. Hey, hey Brandon, 31. finish us up around here. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> hey, that helps. Let's go, Brandon. It all. Let's go. We want to thank everyone for watching and listening to this episode of the Blue Rush Preview and Podcast, which is our New York Giants show. Please subscribe to Blue Rush on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow New York Post Sports and SNY's YouTube channels for all videos 
from Blue Rush. Times is strapping up the helmet. Let's go! Next episode of the show dropped Monday morning, recapping the Giants game on Saturday and Thursday, previewing the week ahead. And it says if we get past the Eagles on the teleprompter, when we get past the Eagles on the teleprompters. For Paul Schwartz and Lawrence Tynes, slap the helmet one time, Tynes. Yep, I'll do that too. I'm Brendan London, and we're going to catch you guys on another episode of Blue Rush.